Hi, everyone. Today is Wednesday, October the 28th of 2020. And today we have a special guest for Rudy's Psychic Meetup. Some of you know Barton from his storytelling in previous episodes. But Rudy, I'm going to let you start off and talk about what we're going to be um, chatting about tonight and uh, leading into uh, Barton. Sure. We're going to go into uh, Barton's got a great ghost story for us for Halloween. And for those of you who haven't been here before, Barton is a longtime uh, member and he occasionally pops in to share one of his uh, ghost stories or other type of supernatural stories with us. So it's always exciting. And I know people love those, Barton. And then um, given the spirit of Halloween, you can see Sam's spooky moon in the background. Uh, We're going to talk about Ouija boards. There's been some articles that come out typically around this time of the year or talk about the dangers of Ouija boards. So we might take a look at a couple examples from those and then we'll get to questions. So with that, Barton, welcome. And I will let you take it away, sir. I'm going to tell a ghost story. And this one is called Path of the Angels. A long time ago, there's an old Spanish community in northern New Mexico called Abiquiu. And south of Abiquiu, running for miles, is a high mesa. Well, one time, Dancing Wind, a teenage girl, decided to go up there and look for uh, Spanish gold. And Dancing Wind was learning tracking from an old Indian, a Lakota Indian named Dan. And so Dancing Wind went with Dan, as well as her guardian angel, Lily, and they packed their packs, backpacks early in the morning with food and water and a handgun and some toilet paper and a compass. And so they headed up into the mountains. In about five miles south of Abiquiu, there's a, mount, there's a Mesa de Abiquiu. And here they parked their vehicle and started to climb up the mesa. Well, it's very sandy here, so about every three steps up, they they slid back one step as they climbed up the mesa. And they climbed about halfway up when they came to a man-made cut into the mesa about 100 feet across and about 10 feet deep. And Dancing Wind looked at it and realized it was a Spanish death trap. And her guardian angel, Lily, said, if you walk in it, you'll feel the danger in your guts in the center of the trap, which is where the bait is. And so Dancing Wind continued on up the, the mountain following Lilith, Lily, and Dan accompanied her. And when they got to just a little bit short of the top, there was the, um, the I guess you'd call it the trigger of the trap. And this is a like a flat surface slider that'll slide down the slope. And it was centered for the center of the trap down halfway up. And if you had dug in the trap itself, thinking you were going to get Spanish gold, after about six feet down, you would have hit a door or a bait or some cheese, so to speak, that would, when you opened it or touched it, it would trip a sand channel that would release this boulder further up the slope, this surface slider. And behind the surface slider was placed about 10 tons of uh, boulders and rocks that would slide down to kill anybody who tried to enter that door, which it was a fake door. It was just made to look like the real thing. And so there were several of them on the mesa there. Another one is like a giant arrow pointing straight down to the ground to show you where to dig, but it's only a trap. And another one there is created by the shadows in the evening. And it's with a man with his boot on a treasure chest. And it's, indentations or carvings 
in the rock which create these shadows. And they're just to lure you away from the real door where the real treasure is kept. So when Dancing Wind and Dan got to the top of the mountain, Dancing Wind asked Dan where he wanted to track. And Dan told Dancing Wind, it's your show. I'm going to just follow you. So as Dancing Wind stood up and her back was to Dan and the guardian angel, Dan is winking at the guardian angel because he knows what the angel has planned. Why Dancing Wind is looking for Spanish treasure like gold or silver, the angel has plans for a different kind of treasure. And so the angel takes off walking to the northeast on Mesa de Abiquiu. And Dancing Wind and the angel are talking back and forth. And Dan is just following behind, watching what goes on. And the whole time they were talking, the angel is interacting deliberately with Dancing Wind to see that she's holding Dancing Wind's attention. Because had Dancing Wind's attention wandered off, the angel would have changed course. But after about 30 minutes of walking, the angel led Dancing Wind into an old Indian village, which was no longer there. It was just a clearing. And you could see where in Indian rings for the stones on the teepees were. And there used to be a stream there, but it has long since dried up. And Dancing Wind and Dan walked around the Indian village. And Dan is watching Dancing Wind interact with her deliberately out there in plain sight for her to see. And then he starts slowly walking away to the southeast. And Dancing Wind begins to follow him. And then after a few minutes, the angel says to Dancing Wind, wouldn't a friend show you his face and come and greet you and not turn his back to you? And Dancing Wind is thinking about what the angel has said, but she continues to follow. And then the angel says, what do you think the spirit is doing if he's not willing to walk up to you like a friend? And Dancing Wind walks about another 25 feet and she stops and she says to the spirit, turn around and face me and then tell me all your names. And Dancing Wind was angry, and the spirit would not turn around. And Dancing Wind again commanded, turn around again and face me and tell me all your names. The reason Dancing Wind did this is she wanted to see the face to see if she had the impression of him lying, and she wanted all the names in case he told her one name that she did not know. And then... The spirit said to Dancing Wind, with his back to her, you never trusted me. And Dancing Wind replied, it's with damn good reason I never trusted you. Now turn around and face me so I can see all of you clearly and tell me all your names. And this the spirit refused to do. And so Dancing Wind immediately turned around and walked back to the village. And speaking with her guardian angel, they turned around and climbed down the mountain and this was about the end of the day. They had literally spent about eight hours between climbing up the mountain and the walk in our encounter with this spirit. When they got back home, Dancing Wind asked the guardian angel, I thought you were going to take me to a treasure. And the angel replied, I did. I took you as close to a treasure as I could lead you to. And she said, the treasure I took you to was the spirit's that he is murdered. I did not take you as far as his killing field because that was too dangerous. And so um, later in the fall of the year, the angels came and talked with Dan and Dancing Wind about the encounter up on the Mesa. And the angels said, when you're ready, 
will go down to the bosky, which is an area along the river, and we'll light a fire, and we'll say the prayers, and we'll call all the spirits that that spirit has murdered, and we'll take them home to God's house. And so in the fall, Dancing Wind played the flute, and the guardian angels brought not only the angels he had murdered, the spirits of the kid, women and kids that that spirit had murdered, but they also brought others that came along that the angels had located that were willing to go home. And so while she played the flute, they lined up, and Dancing Wind would see flashes of the different kids or women that this spirit had murdered. And they'd be like one to three second flashes. And so she was crying. And then uh, she hugged them and some she just hugged. And she prayed to God to send his angels to take them all home. And then a tunnel of light appeared, two angels on each side. And all the angels, all the spirits there lined up. And they went into the tunnel. And then the angels stepped in behind them and they were gone. And Dancing Wind just stayed and cried for a while. And that was the story of the Path of the Angels. It was to take the spirits home. Uh, some people or spirits, they're not very nice. Um, their idea of a great time is to kill or murder people. And that's what this spirit was. Um, and because of the trauma of the way they were killed, these spirits just could not quite get it together to go home. And what the angels did is they pulled them out from Mesa de Abacu, away from that site where the angels had a better time of taking the entire group of them home. And that's what they did. You know, Barton, as you were uh, telling that story, I was almost thinking that entity that wouldn't show itself was demonic in the way, that, because, you know, usually you when you can command a spirit, right, to say their name or show who they are, that it wouldn't do that. So I I got that feeling like, is this a demonic spirit or was it an earthbound uh, spirit, you think? Uh, Hard to say. I would call it an SOB, but I asked Dan specifically about this one, and he said it was an extremely dangerous one. And it was what you would call, he told me it was a shapeshifter. Um, but shapeshifters, so far as I know, are very, very dangerous, and you leave them a wide berth. Um, what they try to do is, whatever your deepest fear is, they can go into your mind and pull it out and scare the whatever out of you. And so you really need to be in close contact with your guardian angels, and you need to firmly hold your white light of protection up around you. Um, those spirits to me are very, they're not very nice. And there's another type of spirit, which I don't understand at all, which is not very nice, which is red. And they literally look solid red or reddish black. Okay. And those just, you leave them far <clears throat> away. You don't want to be near them. God or the angels can handle them, but don't you think you're going to do any good getting near them or messing with them? They're just plain evil. Sam, did you get any impressions as Barton was telling that story? Anything stick out to you? Oh, wow. Yeah, I actually, I did get quite a bit. As you could probably see, I was taking some notes. Anyone who's on 
the live stream or watching on the replay for those listening to the podcast on Apple or Spotify um, or one of the other carriers, I was taking notes while I was listening to everything that Barton was saying in the story. And I was getting some things that match up, like where you talked about how some people um, were trapped in the in-between because of the trauma from their murder. And that's what this bad guy did. So just like how some people come here and are really good and do a lot of good things and think of other people all the time um, and end up being a plus in society, not a minus. These people are like minus, minus, minuses. And if they can get somebody to die in extreme fear, it just increases the odds that they might be stuck in the in-between um, but that is not the case with everybody. So that would be the only thing that I would have argued with in the story. I would have said, well, maybe they misspoke and it wasn't everybody. It wasn't all the spirits that he had ever murdered because the majority of people, even in places where there's a natural disaster, let's say that there's 10,000 people are killed in a natural disaster. So you would have in a normal circumstance out of like 10,000 people, you might have like 9,500 who pass over like right away. Like they go into the light and they, they go for their end of life review. So let's say out of that 10,000, you have like 500 that don't. Well, when you have a natural disaster, you're going to have a higher percentage for some reason end up because of the trauma and that's why I have an understanding that when I go to places where there's been like a natural disaster, so a lot of people have died, or just like in the Civil War, for example, the places that um, where there were battles, you know, there's some people stuck in the in-between there because, you know, that was a traumatic way to die. So you're increasing the odds. So that's really great that there is somebody who is, you know, mindful of that and trying to help people to pass over even from um, hundreds of years ago. So as far as shapeshifters go, I believe, I don't, I don't know too much about the really the woo-woo world, just what, when you guys ask me questions or talk about stuff, I start to see pictures and get understandings from the people on the other side. So this is why I write notes down, because it's not my own thoughts. It's when I'm, just like when I do a reading, I write stuff down because while somebody's talking, I'm seeing pictures, I'm getting information. And, and I, it's really cool that we can do it about this kind of stuff after listening to Barton's story. Um, so yeah, the shapeshifters, I agree. Those are, I believe that those are, individuals who were human, like they were human beings with light beings, you know, in a human body. And they just ended up being one of the bad, you know, like doing murders and just really being a really bad person. And then not crossing over and not crossing over and just ignoring the call to cross over, putting off their end of life review because they don't want it because they're so bad, right? All the murders they did, but they can't advance. They can't move ahead. If they don't go and have their end of life review, this is the way that it is. Everybody, nobody gets away with it. And I don't care who you are when you come here to earth. I don't care if someone was asking, talking about ascended masters. Even if somebody's an ascended master light being and they come here, they're still doing their end of life review for their time here on the earth realm. It's just, that's the rules. 
right? And any good universe is run with rules, you know, on the light side, you get the light in the dark. So, um, yeah. And the thing about the worst fear, what they're picking out, see, he, as a shapeshifter or being in the in-between, what that would tell me is that he has the ability, and I'm, I'm going to say him because, you know, I think in the story it was a male that was the murderer, yes. your spirit, right? So I'm going to refer to him and say that um, he's able to see the other side like I am. And what jumps out at you is always the worst thing that happens to somebody if you're in a, if somebody's, for example, like coming after you or something like that, right? Like I don't get that if I'm just talking to somebody regularly, but a shapeshifter would always be in the negative mindset. And I think that's what they would see when they, because they're in that state and they're in the in-between. So they can also see the other side. So people who are mediums here can see the other side and the things that are in between can see the other side as well. So, I mean, they know what they're missing out on. And then the other comment I wanted to make from earlier when you were telling the story that was that um, you were reminding me, I actually hadn't thought about this, Barton, so thank you. Um, I do read the body language of spirits, and I hadn't thought about that till you were talking about oh, it. Oh, it's so true. Yeah. Sometimes if they're lying, they'll cover their heart or their aura uh, changes colors. when they're lying. Well, I never thought about the fact that their demeanor and body motions and even how they move their head or like, even when I said to one lady, I was like, I was like, Oh my gosh, he's so happy. I think it was on an ask a medium. And then she was like telling me that he was always a happy person, but that was through the body language that I was getting it from that guy. So I did, but I didn't think about that until you were telling the story. And, <clears throat> and I agree that the negative or bad ones will avoid looking at you. Now I did want to comment about demons. So it's interesting, Rudy, that you brought up demons. Cause I wrote that down early on about demons um, are the opposite. They actually don't hesitate to get right in your face. They are the red and the black. So no wonder you feel extremely negative about those things. Those are demonic. You're right. Don't waste your time with them. That is not for us to deal with. We're here to help other light beings in their human form, have a better life and understanding about what's going on, have lower anxiety. Um, it's not our business to, you know, try to get involved with those things. Right. So I'm completely 100% on board with you on that too, Barton. So, and then the demonic things, they can't hide who they are, right? Some people are like, oh, you know, it's not really an angel of light, it's a demonic being. And I was like, well, I know for sure now you're not a medium because you would know like the difference. Like you see it immediately that they can't hide. It's like, you know, there's no clothes on the other side. Yeah. Well, that's the, the interesting thing from these stories, Barton, that you've shared mm -hmm. is that the earthbound spirits, they seem to be, uh, they have the ability to be dishonest and not truthful. And, and it's very, very, you have to be very careful to discern and pick up on that, right? When you're dealing with the earthbound. Um, the earthbound spirits can be bad, but they can also be of the highest integrity and honor and dignity I have ever encountered. 
I encountered a spirit named Arturo once. And the dignity and honor that this priest gave off mm -hmm. could literally bring me to tears. He was so um, he was so amazing. Well, that and, sounds like another story, Barton. Can we have you back again next month for another story? Of course. Okay, because I want to hear about the priest. The or, and I agree with you. Not all earthbound. I'm um, not, you know, because sometimes people, for example, and not everybody who kills themselves is earthbound either. I'm just saying that sometimes people just need to work some stuff out, or they're confused, or you know, there's some stuff going on that needs to be worked out. So you're you're 100 correct. Not everyone hasn't crossed over because they don't want to do their end of life review they just feel they're not ready and that there's a big difference i think yeah the vast majority it's some kind of terrible trauma or disaster yeah. that that's they keep reliving the event again and again and that's really what's horrible about a rape and a murder is the victim can be traumatized by that um, and that's why they can be earthbound and I'm going off <laughs> that, that was a great story though Barton thank you so much for sharing that with us and uh, yeah we'll look for you uh, maybe in the next month or two to have uh, hear about the, the other priest <laughs> <laughs> thanks oh. again for hanging out Barton we'll okay. see you in thank you very much Sam thank you Rudy all right so, Sam, that's cool. And, you know, it seems that some people will talk real quick about Ouija boards, um, but some people do this time of year want to mess around with the spirits and they will use Ouija boards. And there's always good examples and stories that come out. And, you know, a couple that struck me are when people start playing with Ouija boards that, you know, maybe lights and things will start to flicker um, or noises will be made and kind of brings in a haunting. And so it made me wonder when we talk about Ouija boards, and we've talked about them before, um, but do you think spirits are attached to those boards physically or are they just in the area and pick up on what's going on? Um, they're just in the area and it's a tool. Like it's a, it's a, I call it a divination tool. That's just plain and simple. That's what it is. And when you read through the stories about <clears throat> when people had a Ouija board, you know, very seldom is it a positive story. Most times it's very scary and very bad. And it's because, you know, the realm that is very close to us is the in-between realm. So, of course, you're going to have things that are in-between, you know, that are going to see what you're doing and see that you're using this divination tool. And they're going to want to play. I mean, you know, what else are they doing, right? It's not like they got anything else going on, right? And, and here's a human being, a light being who you know, wants to play with them. Oh, isn't this interesting? Because, you know, when you give permissions to things like that, oh, what a beautiful day it is for them. Not so great for you. So I cannot stress enough, like, to not get involved with those things. Well, and how likely is it that someone, let's say someone who is maybe just, you know, they lost a loved one or they were desperate to get in touch with someone on the other side, how likely is it that they would come through when you're using a Ouija board as opposed to, or I, I would think it would be more likely that it would be someone else in between messing with you as opposed to s someone from the other side coming through. Yeah. The other side it's um, I like how Sue G expresses it there in the chat room. 
Um, she says lower fourth density beings, not good. Okay. So those would be the ones that would be just jumping all over that. You know, you're not going to have like your Nana and Papa come through yeah. on a Ouija board. I can guarantee you that they can't use that stuff. That's used by, you know, familiar spirits and lower density beings. And, and, you know, and there are some that are um, like Barton and I were talking about some that are harmless. They're just doing their time here and they can access you through the Ouija board as well. But again, it's just not anything. And, and from the stories about um, Ouija boards and the things that happened, it, they're all, any story I read, they're all negative. Yeah. And through all your readings and uh, your work as a psychic medium, have you ever uh, ever had people who have used Ouija boards and had questions or problems that, that you've seen? Um, I've had people that I've asked them if they were mediums mm -hmm. or had like, abilities like I do. Um, and, and then they would tell me about how things like the Ouija board would go crazy okay. when they were in the group, you know, it always like some people wouldn't get any, anything significant, but this person always, there was always results if they were part of the combination of who had their hands on the okay. Ouija thing. So there seems to be some sort of connection between light workers Mm. And um, and or anybody who has it in their DNA to be potentially a light worker. I mean, it's not everybody's cup of tea for sure. Um, I do think that there's many, many more people for every one of someone who, like me who does what I do. I think that there's at least 100 people out there who have abilities that don't even really realize that they have it and they can develop it and, 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 and somewhat, you know, if they can't, you can't control it, then you can have an understanding about what it is so that it's less frightening for you. Okay. You can start to have fun. All right. Oh, <laughs> well, cool. Well, let's jump into the, uh, the, the questions from the, uh, the, the attendees and we will start off with cat lady AZ. She writes, hi, Sam and Rudy. Do you notice better connection to the other side at certain times of the year or during celestial alignment events, such as All Hallows Eve with a full moon? No, no, it's more about, it's more of a personal thing. I've, I've warned sort of the younger mediums in our group, younger as in, you know, thirties and earlier forties that um, as you get older, it's going to advance. So it has nothing at all to do with seasons or astrology or alignments. It really has to do with you, the individual that you are and timing for you. And also, you know, what your sort of greater challenge is. It's like, what is, you know, what is your assignment while you're here? What sort of things are you supposed to accomplish with the talents that have been given to you? I mean, that's what makes me a little bit afraid sometimes because I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I can do all of this stuff because I've never seen any medium who can operate on all levels. Like I've never seen it before. And I've had people point that out to me and it wasn't until I got going with you guys and I'm like, holy cow, this is, this is crazy how this is working. Um, but that makes me excited because that was one of the things that the people on the other side had alluded to with me saying um, that, you know, people who had mediumistic qualities would find us and be able to advance their abilities just through knowledge. So that's why I'm able to do that. 
Yeah, and Marnie asked if the veil is thinnest at Halloween. And I think we talked about this. God, I can't believe it's been a year already. But on last year's show, we talked about the thinning of the veil. And as you've said, it's not really dependent on the time of year or the alignment. But you did mention, I recall saying around like, you know, 2 or 3 a.m. that night when it's when things are so quiet that there's nothing else. That's when maybe there's a better chance of you receiving something. Yeah, because you're not competing with the energy of everybody else who was awake and operational and the ethos is busy, right? <laughs> with all these people who are awake, but when everybody's asleep and everything, because remember, it's always, it's like, okay, there's no time or space in the other realm. So, th- so, so why is it between two and 3 a.m. or that, or between two and four in the morning that you'll get this, you know, the veil is thinner sort of thing. And it's like, no, it has to do with you because on the other side of the world, it's two in the afternoon. And remember, there's no, so it has to do with the humans and our state of mind, because if most people are in bed and they're in REM sleep, everybody's OM, OM, everyone's in REM sleep, (laughs) all creating, you know, and the vibration is going up. So that's why I think the veil is thinner. Just like when you're um, you're going to pass away, a lot of people um, who are in the last hours or days of their life talk about um, seeing, you know, there maybe their older brother who had already passed, or talking to their mom, or you know, their spouse who had passed already. And I do believe it's true. I do believe they are talking to them because the veil is thinner. And your vibration is starting to increase because you're going to be just sort of slipping out of your body and joining the people that you know and trust who've already taken that journey. Yeah. All right. Uh, Raymond writes, Sam, have you ever considered writing a book about your abilities and your experiences? I am confident it would be interesting. Well, actually, I was going to um, get somebody to go through the piles of material that I have and put together a book because it's all in here. I mean, everything is copyrighted on my videos. So, I mean, a person could put that together and we could publish a book. You have to I give it the up first. <laughs> well, I do. I'd probably do it three years sooner than okay. I normally would be if, if somebody was helping me with that. Cause it does take a certain knack to put something together and if somebody put stuff together, I would just rewrite it in my words, okay. my own sort of, other than the quotes that they would take from what I, because that's a thing, right? And so you'd be able to take quotes from what I actually said, but you'd have to organize it into subject matter. Okay. All right. We talk about aliens. We talk about, we talk about everything. It's crazy. I know. I'm amazed at the amount of content you've created in the last year and a half, almost two years. And it's like, my God, just organizing that is <laughs> we need some sort of AI program to do it. All right. Uh, Marty writes, hi, guys. Apologies if you've already answered this one. I was watching a documentary and they believe the Eye of Africa, this is also known as the reshot structure, is leftover ruins of Atlantis. Could this be true? And Sam, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this. It's like a in the West, Western Sahara, Sahara, kind of like Northwest Africa, it's kind of like uh, they think it might be like a dry lake bed. It looks like a big circle, almost like a target that's visible from space. And so there are people that believe, well, maybe this could be where Atlantis was and almost looks like a crater where something exploded. But there's also signs that this you know, used to be a place in Africa where there's a lot of water and streams and lakes. So any thoughts on the reshot structure in Africa? Well, isn't um, 
around more like around the Bahamas near Florida. Isn't that where Atlantis used to be? I believe that's the other theory yeah, is that Atlantis is in that, that Bimini area somewhere down there. Yeah. Cause you know, I'm feeling that that's the truth. Like okay. when you're talking about it, I'm like, Oh, you mean it? They don't know it's true. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know that's Atlantis. Oh, okay. All right. That's coming soon. That. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming soon. Cause sometimes I'll talk about stuff and I'll be like, Oh, you don't know that. Oh, okay, that's right. Oh, well, that's, oh that's right. The landslide is next week. Okay, no, never mind. <laughs> Sorry, I was getting ahead of myself. What do you well, mean? As you say that, we've we've talked about Atlantis before. I think, yeah, you said it. And then we will find out eventually where where it was for sure. We'll we'll get that evidence. So yeah. <laughs> and I was just thinking that maybe something had been pu- published since then. I, I didn't know if it was in the hits or something, but I, I suppose that would be more in the news, wouldn't it? If yeah. Yeah. It. This is just one of those. It's an interesting structure, and when you can see something that large from space, and it's a concentric circles, you can people kind of speculate. So, uh, interesting. Okay, uh, Jackie B writes: Being that Halloween is near, can you elaborate on what the other side is doing or thinks? Is it really a satanic holiday? Is the veil between sides thinner? Can a non-gifted talk to spirits at this time? Does the cabal have an evil plan this year for Halloween? Thoughts? Thanks, Sam and Rudy. Well, I, I think it's uh, no to all of the above. That's good. <laughs> yeah. So sorry, Jackie B. Nothing that exciting for, for this Halloween. Yeah. Well, you can talk to spirits. You can talk to them anytime. It has nothing to do with the um, time of year, for sure. I think it has, like I said, more to do with the individuals. Okay. Uh, Raymond writes, hello, Sam and Rudy. Can you see auras? What is the best way to see them? I have tried using several methods, but I have been unsuccessful. Unsuccessful. Can anyone do it? Any suggestions? No, I don't think anyone can do it. I can't do it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't been able to see auras personally. And, you know, we've, I've tried different things and there's um, some techniques you can practice. And Raymond, it sounds like you've tried things where, you know, maybe a, a red light behind your hands. And what I've been able to see is more maybe like energy around off the hand, not necessarily an aura or color to it where, you know, other people in my family can maybe see something more than I can. So, yeah, I think it's, it's a gift for sure. Right. Um, all right. Crypto Pan writes, hi, I am interested in the fifth dimension. I hear that some will go and others will stay in the third dimension on ascension. How is it decided? My, uh, my depression lowers my vibration and I, may, and I may not get to the fifth dimension. Please, could you describe how life will be after the ascension? Will we all be on this planet or not? I do not see how it works or, or how it can happen with everyone together. Thanks. Oh, well, I think that sometimes people sort of start their own religious ideas about things. And, you know, I don't have a dog in this fight. I don't practice any religion in particular. I'm just a medium. I'm I'm new to admitting that I'm a medium. I used to just work for myself. And then, you know, of course, people around me and stuff. I mean, if I saw that they were going to walk into a great big, like walk off a cliff or something, like, you know, something was going to happen, I would make sure that I tried to get in front of it and warn them and everything like that. But no, this is the first time in my life that I'm using my abilities and sharing, you know, the information that I'm getting from the other side on all of that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Winner writes, hi guys. Thanks for all that you do for us. It 
uh, it easier navigates through this with you guys. Uh, my question is: when we pick thing, when we pick up things as humans and confirm the possibilities that we couldn't make this stuff up, are we actually picking up some sort of energy field or tapping into some sort of portal to pick up the information? So I think when it's almost like, what is that ethos that we're tapping into? Uh, because I feel that there's some sort of energy field that allows us humans to receive information instantly. Thanks. Any blabs appreciated. Well, you know, I, I hear a lot of people, they talk about this matrix. Now I sacrilege, I know I have not watched the movie and I probably <laughs> should. So I do not know what the matrix is, but I do believe I'm going to be straight up. I think that the reason why I did not watch a lot of this stuff and, and if, for my age to have not watched that movie makes me a little bit of a weirdo as well. Cause it has Keanu Reeves in it. Right. So everybody pretty, you know, so, so I think I've been kept away from a lot of that stuff so that it doesn't influence me because, you know, I do believe that the times that I've been off on translation and you guys have witnessed that because we've discovered it afterwards when the real thing comes true and then everybody's like, okay, you can kind of see where I was off on something, even on, you know, personal reading stuff, because your own mind gets involved in it. So you have to try not to, you know, go down that path um, too much. You know, I was, I was still thinking about the question from, who was the one who asked the question before the last one about the, the ascension? And I said that it was like, people starting their own religions and not to worry oh, about uh, crypto pan. Okay. So um, crypto pan, you do not have to worry about your depression, lowering your vibration and keeping you from ascension because you see the vibration is going up and it's for the earth realm. So every single being who lives on the earth realm, the vibration is going up. You can't, you're not going to be able to stop it. That's why people know something's happening and they can't put their finger on it because everybody is feeling it because everybody has inside this human body is a light being and the light being inside you is going, Hey, you know what? I'm feeling like this is a little bit closer to home now. You know, I'm feeling the, the energy, the electricity. And again, going back to the question that was after that, the ethos is like an energy field. Okay. And so I'm thinking that this matrix, it's kind of like that, you know, that's, we go through this matrix of energy that we're all attached to everybody in the whole world. And so that's why depression or not, we're taking you with us <laughs> because we're all in it together. Right. And, you know, we, and everybody has different times where they're down and they're low. So, you know, but it's not everybody all at the same time. Hey, listen, it's just like a good marriage. The key to a good marriage is never both give up at the same time. <laughs> I'm calling you right now. Take it from a pro. <laughs> I've been married twice. That's great and advice. I, that's right. I'm still on my current husband. And, <laughs> and always wait till the kids are a little bit older because, yeah, your, your mind is not your own when, you're, uh, when the, you have little ones around, I think. Uh, all right. Jackie B writes, uh, hi, Sam. Some people, uh, Doris Cannon, Anita Morjani, believe that illness is your body's response and way of communicating unhealed emotions. Do you believe this is true? If so, why do animals get ill? Do they carry the owner's energy? For instance, when I got married, my lower right back went into spasms, uh, 
masculine right side, financial insecurity and loss of people. I dated my ex five years with no unemployment issues. Um, but as soon as we were engaged, he lost his job and the pattern continued for 17 years. Um, so this is, this is a long question. But anyway, the dog had during the marriage had so many health problems. Now it seems uh, to want to scale that great wall of China back into my life. Uh, my back has been out for months. But Sam, I guess maybe the, the, just in general, the question is, you know, illness in general, can it be linked to emotional pain or trauma or unhealed stuff? Or is it, you think it's always physical? Well, I would say that people who operate either as mediums or healers, so if they're dealing with sort of energy fields all the time, like I run through, I run through them, right? <laughs> your wife, your wife manipulates them, right? right? Like we are all diff do different types of work, right? Yeah. So um, I would say that we're probably more prone to that kind of situation. Yeah. Right. Rather than like a regular person where we're going to get, like I always said before, when it comes to, now I did honest to God have a bug, you know, a few days ago. Um, and without going into full detail, I really just couldn't wander from the bathroom too far for too long. I thought I'd be okay. And then I, oh, no, I guess I'm going back to the apartment. You know, I certainly don't want to be on a live stream for an hour or two and right. have to leave three times. Right. Yeah. So anyways, you know, you know, things, that was not an attack on mm -hmm. me as a medium, but there are times when I might feel like that I'm having a hard time breathing or, you know, I get a really sharp pain when I'm trying to breathe or something. And I believe that those are, those have more to do with me being a medium for sure. Um, and also upset stomach, like the nausea. Sometimes you get that kind of stuff a lot more as well. But I think that all of the terrible things that the person listed, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with, spiritual it's just this is these are just life things and these are just things that happen and sometimes things happen to people and they're spaced out mm -hmm. and then sometimes you know you're living the life of riley for like 15 or 20 years and people are going down all around you with like you know somebody loses their job another person their wife cheats on them another person you know their kid passes away and you know you're not having any of that horrible like this is life stuff happening to you. And then boom, all of a sudden, you know, you get diagnosed with cancer and, you know, one of your kids admits they got a drug problem and, you know, your spouse is, you know, been, been spending more money and hiding it in credit cards. So you got all this debt, you know, like, it's like, oh my gosh, like what the heck happened to me? But, you know, I don't think it's helpful and and I and I'm going to be straight up with people, and this is what makes me very unpopular in this woo-woo space because I find that a lot of people are charging money to tell people negative and bad things, and that's why I say if if anybody claims that something didn't come true because of oh you have free choice, mm -hmm. you know if that's their reason why they suck as a medium. I mean, they need to go and get another job if that's their reason. Now, listen, if that's what they believe, why something didn't come, didn't happen. And there's very good mediums who believe that, you know, that the, that the maybe 20 or 25% that never happens, <laughs> that they just believe, oh, well, that person had free choice, but I'm here to tell you, no, it has to do with your, your translation. You just didn't get it. You got it wrong. 
um, practice more and try to figure out, you know, how it is that you were off. But yeah. no, no, it wasn't them. Your client did not make, you know, a bad decision that what, you know what I'm saying? It's like, um, yeah. Well, you know, in back to Jackie's question, you know, what I've just seen from my wife's energy work is that, you know, if your energy is unbalanced for whatever reason, that can lower your immune system and also affect how you react emotionally and, and physically to people and situations. Um, and, you know, it's not a, a common thing, but occasionally they might, you know, maybe she'll do a regression and there's something from a that maybe comes up from a past life, some, you know, some one of those energy fields from the past that she can work on and it'll have results. But that's kind of, it's a, it's a pretty rare case. Usually it's just something in your energy field being out of balance. So um, yeah, I mean, I think it's all related, but um, I wouldn't point it to any one thing. Sometimes, sometimes you get a virus, right? And sometimes you got to fight it off. Yeah. And I don't think it's helpful to tell people that they're ill because, you know, they did, they did something wrong or in a previous life, they did something wrong. I, I just think that half the time I swear that these people feel like they need to make stuff up, you know, yeah. to fill the time. It's like you've paid them for this amount of time. So they're just going to make stuff up. Right. Well, and so and people are asking questions and they're like, Oh, well, no, this is why. And it's like, you don't have a clue. Like you have no idea and you're just going with uh, the blame game and now they feel guilty and stupid. You know, you're not doing anyone any favors, you know, filling in that time that you're charging them for when really you're getting nothing at all. Yeah. And, I, you know, the thought came to mind that, you know, like if you go to someone and they have a specialty or maybe, you know, their only tool in their toolbox is a past life regression. Well, then probably they're going to blame everything that's wrong with you on something from a past life. And that's not really the case. But if someone has more tools, they can maybe find out, you know, kind of what what your underlying issues are, whether it's, you know, mental, physical, those types of things. Yeah. Uh, and isn't it interesting that never one time has anything from the other side been uh, come up? about their a person's past life as yeah. to why they're having a problem here now it's yeah. always because people will tell me something and what's really crazy is that you know how people tell like their side of the story right well what it is is they're telling me their side of the story but then the people on the other side are telling me the real story <laughs> right so then but that's how i retort i'm like yeah but you know you forgot to mention about the 10 year old what happened there yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, right. It's like, oh, she knows about that. Well, I don't actually know about it. They're just showing me that there is something with the kid that you're not telling me. And that's why so and so so pissed off for real. Right. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to help them with the situation they're having right now. And I can only do that by seeing the truth of what's happening. And I'm going to guarantee you 100% there's never one time that I've ever gone into someone's past life to try to help them solve a problem that they're having today. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay. Uh, let's see. Sean writes, uh, well, Anthony just says, hi guys, but no question. Hi, Anthony. Uh, Sean writes, hi, Rudy and Sam. My six year old has abilities even more so than myself. Just lately he has been saying, I can think it and it comes true. Last year he told me he could see in my head and we wouldn't buy a certain house. We probably won't be living in the UK one day soon. Granddad used to go and see him at night, and his uh, my dad passed away when when he was eighteen months old. So, how do I help him understand his gift? Thanks, both of you. PSM confirmed in recent blabs we won't be staying in the UK either. 
So it sounds like that they have a gifted child who uh, who has a lot of cool experiences. Yes, yes, for sure. And um, I think the best advice to give to any parent or relative, and, and in most cases, it's the parents because they would be the ones who would be able to speak to their children about this or their child. Um, and the most important thing is, you know, ask them questions and get their ideas on things and make it okay for them to talk about it. And, you know, and my son, he was really good. And for those who are listening or have just joined us um, recently, my son, he still sees dead people, shadow people, in between people. Um, he said to me that they're not speaking to him yet. He says, mom, he says, I don't get the messages like you do. But I was thinking about that tonight. And the people on the other side, they, they showed me that he actually does. But like me, he didn't understand. Like he's thinking about, as a kid, he's thinking about that it's going to be a voice telling him stuff. Okay. Right. And that's how, and because he's not getting a voice, like when I say to him, oh, they showed me this or what have you, I think he's imagining them like just whispering it in my ear. Okay. And that's what the people on the other side are telling me is that little kids, they have it. It's just they don't, they can't translate. I mean, there's very, there are some little kids who can, but again, I mean, there's people my age who have mediumistic abilities and they really struggle with the translation. And I get it. It's, you know, 4D chess, you know, and Pictionary all at the same time while you're juggling balls. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. It's tough, right? Well, and even Baggy's story from, uh, was it last week, mentioning about how, you know, she got that voice. You're not ready to to get all this information. So there almost has to be some level of maturity before you can recognize it, but also before they're ready to give you everything. Yes. Yes, because she was getting information like me and she was actually experiencing more of some of the more supernatural stuff than I even did. But it was because again, because I spoke to her about it once I realized that she might have abilities, but it was only like when she was around seven years old, when she told me that she saw me, but what she really saw, I think was, you know, one of my spirit guides. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I would say, like Sam says, Sean, keep it uh, normal. Talk about it. Make sure it's not odd. And I mean, that's what we do in my family. We have fun with it. So, um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't hurt to mention to them that other kids wouldn't understand about this kind of stuff. So, you know, to just be one of those things that, you know, if you feel the need, you should probably just keep it under your hat because yeah. it's not something that, people um necessarily believe in or even talk about and and it's you know what and it's not something i really want to have to talk to parents about of my son's children or friends you know what i mean i don't really want to have to talk to them well you know he kind of he sees dead people you know so i just tell him like if you if you're at their house and you see a dead person don't tell the mother Right. right. She might send you home. It's not an information. It's not, it's not, you don't need to FYI the parents that there's a ghost in their house. <laughs> you know, if they're not seeing anything, it's not a problem. It's only for you. Right. So you, you know, you might not want to have an overnight there. You might want to have your friend over to your place. 
Oh, funny. Yeah. All right. Um, Suji writes, Hi, Sam and Rudy. I've heard the saying, just because you're dead doesn't mean you're enlightened. Do you feel any truth in this, or do your people always have that higher perspective? Just because you're dead doesn't mean yeah. you're enlightened. And, you know, you think we are, because with Barton, or just because you're, just because you're talking to dead people doesn't mean they're smart, right? And so it made me, made me think about, okay, the in-between people seem to be more like they were on earth, people that yes. haven't crossed over. But people yes. that have crossed over, your family members, they would seem to have access to more information, right? They do. They can see the future and stuff. So that's why I don't get information from the spirit guides. I get it from like your family members. Okay. All right. Uh, two more questions. We got uh, Matt Kurtz writes, since we're talking about Ouija boards, I used one once when I was younger, around 11 years old. I asked the name of who I would marry. It spelled out Katie. Lo and behold, I married a Katie. And I remember this event a couple of years ago. Was, it the, was this an earthbound spirit or something else? Oh, well, I um, remember that. We were talking before about even shapeshifters, you know, that they could see the other side and all that kind of stuff. So anything or anyone that's in the in-between, they can see, like, they can see, like, stuff that I as a medium can see as well. Okay. Right. So they have that because they're in that realm. They're not in the earth realm. The earth realm has, like, a very strong curtain. That's why most people can't see the, through that curtain. But once you're in the in-between, then you can see that there is the, uh, you can't get to the other side unless you go by the light, but there you can, you know that it exists there and can see more. So yeah. You. Yeah. And that was also, I think we've talked about this before, Sam, it's a good way to kind of get your interest to give you a little bit of uh, real information so they can, you know, trick you uh, on something bigger. It's kind of the long con that these spirits on the other side might do with the Ouija board. Right. So, so don't yes. get too sucked in. Yeah. Well, and they can tell, they can tell you stuff. Exactly. Like, that's the thing, right? Is that, you know, I mean, I could use familiar spirits and go down to the casino and win lots of money, but I would never do that because I know what the trade-off is and I'm just not interested. I just would never do that. That's not how I operate, you know? So, oh, and I did want to comment on when we were talking about ring, um, about, uh, you know, uh, what, previous lives and stuff like that. I mean, I definitely believe in reincarnation. It's completely a necessary part of our society of who we are as light beings and how we learn. Um, so obviously what comes with that is cellular memory and that would explain people like Beethoven. And I mean, there's obvious, um, proof and people having memories of things of things that happened to them. I mean, I'm someone myself. So I just wanted to clarify that I was not saying that there was no effect on your current life today from a previous life. I mean, look at Beethoven, you know, and how, you know, he changed the world with, you know, having his cellular memory. Um, what I'm talking about is just this plethora of, you know, people who claim to be able to read into people and tell them, you know, about their, their, their previous lives and all of this stuff. And I just, I, I just think that a lot of it is a fraud. I think, and I think that a lot of people rely too much on that kind of stuff to explain what's going on in the world today to them. And I don't think it's helpful at all. I don't think it solves their problem. And that was the only reason I wanted to call that out, not to um, either shame or be a naysayer to all 
things like that. I do believe that. But again, just like you have a lot of people who aren't really mediums who would, you know, they're, they're more like a men, they're more like mentalists where, you know, I have had a few situations before where I've had to tell somebody that, no, no, I didn't get that from the other side. You said that earlier. No, I didn't say it. No, you, you must've got it from my grandmother. No, no, yeah. you said it earlier. We can roll back the tape. <laughs> You're like, I've had to tell people, no, no, it wasn't from the other side, <laughs> but I got some stuff, you know, if you want to hold on. <laughs> well, the, the best part about, you know, having someone pay you for past life stuff is that uh, there's no way to, for them to verify or you to verify if it's true or not. So they can say yeah. anything they want. Right. All right. Uh, last question. Of the night sweet home Chicago says, hi, Stephen Rudy. Why do we see departed family from a side view? So that's interesting. Do we see oh, they show themselves in profile quite a bit? I haven't heard that before. Um, yeah, I would say, yeah, profile. Cause I'm thinking about that time that I was reading, um, Dyke Shoren's book to my son and Dyke Shoren was just sitting or standing, leaning against the wall, but I could see his profile. And now that I'm thinking about it and I'm like, yeah, you know what? I mean, I have had, um, a lot of family members of people that I've done readings for a lot of them show me their whole face, like straight on. And it's so that I can see what they look like. So that, but there's a purpose to that. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Well, Sam, this was a great show tonight. All right. Well, thanks again so much for everybody for hanging out and for the people listening on the podcast. Um, Thanks so much for hanging out. And if you'd like to be part of the live chat audience, it's over on Patreon at patreon.com slash Sam Dam. Talk to you guys soon. Good night, everyone. Bye for now.